people of Earth. Geek Hope. I'm Willa. You sure are. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> I'm Marla Joe. And we, and we are, are the, the gig, gig hose. The giggling hose. You can <laughs> tell we're a little bit tired today. Well, it's only Tuesday and we haven't recuperated <sighs> God, yet. I know. <laughs> I know you're you're exhausted just from flying another in. trip. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and I made I made the sin of hubris. My flight got delayed and like an idiot, my friend and I decided that that was a stable reality. And, <laughs> and then when we got to the airport, it turned out it was an hour earlier. I love the way they can just change their mind like that. And everyone's just jumping around, you know, oh and running God. to gate to gate. And, and, you know, it's so funny because we're standing in line and this woman, this good looking woman, young woman, is like squeezing through the line going, my plane leaves in 20 minutes. Let me through. Let me through. Right. And we're like looking at her like, what a bitch. Right. And then, we, <laughs> then I look at my phone and all of a sudden it's an hour early and I'm going, can we do the same thing? <laughs> <laughs> but we're not as young and pretty as she is. Oh, come on. They let you go. Just tell them a no, joke. They, they really didn't, you know. <laughs> One time I got on a plane with my keyboard, and it was really pretty flat and small, and I put it in the overhead, and I just said to whoever, like, was going to share with me, it says, I, I want to put my instrument on top. And, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an instrument. Like I, on top of the luggage. Yeah, like yeah. where, and there was room. And then there was this drunk girl that got on. She goes, oh, we have to be careful of her instrument. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty like, good. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Alcohol will do that to you. <laughs> uh, so my husband said a funny thing. He said, why don't you guys talk about getting home from the gig? You oh, know? yeah. You have extra things to consider because you have a garage that closes at a certain time. Weren't you going to stay over at my house once? Yeah, that's now, though. That's post-COVID. In the old days, it was open 24 hours. Right. But I do remember one particular thing. There was like a Twilight Zone episode. It was in Jersey, like exit 98 off the Garden State. It's called the Main Maid. No, the Main Maiden is... Oh, the Molly Pitcher Inn, that was it. I've been there. Okay. That's where a friend of mine had a memorial. So again, whole other world before GPSs, right? I got to get on the garden site. An audience in the old days, we would write the directions. I would usually write the directions on the back of an envelope, like a Con Ed bill envelope, not to waste <laughs> paper, right? And then you're trying to read it backwards from your starting point. And especially if you're dyslexic like me, trying to make all the right turns, left turns, and work your way backwards could be daunting. But I'm working my way backwards, and I get onto whatever the main drag is in that town that the place is in. It says Garden State Parkway this way, right? So drive down the road. And then there's a sign, Garden State Parkway, make a left. I make the left. And then it goes Garden State Parkway, make a left. So make a left. Now I'm coming back down the road that I just went up for a half hour. I, re- I went around and around and around and around. I mean, GPS will do the same thing to you at times. No, it will. Okay. Come on. But when you don't even have that as a guide, you really begin to question yourself. One o'clock in the morning. I want to go home. It was foggy. I was tired. Yeah, it's like a nightmare. You're already, like, worked, and you're trying to get home, and you're in Jersey, and you live in Queens. Yeah, Jersey. <laughs> Deep, dark Jersey. <laughs> that was Paul Hefner's line. Oh, you're yeah? Deep, dark Deep, Jersey dark this Jersey. weekend. Home of the jug handle turn. <laughs> oh, those things are so horrible. I want to make a left, but I have to make a right. 
and go around the back of the industrial park. <laughs> I had never heard of things like the Outer Bridge Crossing and mm-hmm. uh, the Gothels Bridge until yeah. I became a club date yeah. gig ho. <laughs> so did you ever did you ever run into a snag trying to get home from a gig? Oh yeah, I was um, in deep dark Connecticut once. <laughs> In the hills of Connecticut, I think it was like Kent or I don't know. It was like farmland, and um, this is my hurricane story, actually. Oh, okay, good, because um, we're going we're gonna to vamp into those stories, yeah. too. I remember that the actual person was supposed to do the gig couldn't get there because of the hurricane. I got there. Wait, but so you were a sub? I was a sub, and okay. that was okay. They knew. Right. But when I got there, they had a whole tent set up in front of their house, but then they couldn't use it because it got all... Oh, that reminds me of another story. Okay. Similar. Okay. But the tent got all, you know, messed up. It had, like, mud on the bottom, you know. <laughs> so, like, then all of a sudden the wedding became inside the house. So I'm set up in the hutch of somebody's dining room Oh, so oh. with my mixer. And it was like nothing. They really didn't need me there once they moved it in. But they didn't right. even decide to do that till after I got there. So was it just you? I was DJing it. Oh, And was the storm raging outside? It kind of like had sort of happened. It was still like lightly raining, but nobody wanted to be in the tents. Everybody was in this house. Right. And I used the Yamaha mixer. You Mm -hmm. know know how like the inputs have the metal sticking up? Right. And I was like, you know, because I had to, oh, now figure out how I'm going to do this indoors. And I cut my knuckle on one of them. Yeah, yeah. And they were very unsympathetic. (laughs) (laughs) They gave me a band-aid. Did they give you a band-aid? Yeah, but then it kept getting soaked with blood. It was one of those things Ah. that kept bleeding. And dripping blood Uh. all over my mixer. (laughs) I think it was Hurricane Irene or something. I don't know. Sounds right. And then at the end of the gig, getting back to the subject, they put me up somewhere in some farmhouse somewhere, but I couldn't find it. It was Uh, like two old ladies. It was uh. sort of like a cool place, but very old fashioned and barely running water. You know, like barely heat, barely. barely How far was it from the place? Well. It seemed far because maybe I got lost on the way to go, to go there. I mean, yeah. when you're that far in the woods, the GPS doesn't even work. It keeps dropping out. I was like, I was going around in circles just like you were describing. Yeah, and, and it's just so frustrating. You I know. was tired. I, I'm going to a strange house. i got to meet strange people. I'm showing up in the middle of the night. It's like an Airbnb, if you the same experience. Like you go in, you don't know who you're walking in. It's somebody's house. You're like, <laughs> Uh, what is that? That's oh, oh, from Deliverance. Deliverance. That's what I, I, I just got it. <laughs> Audience, she was tapping her nose. She was she tapping my nose like that. Just when you're tired and you want to go home so oh, badly yeah. and then you're lost. Or it's the middle of the night and you hit stop dead traffic on oh, the Jersey well. Turnpike. I mean, every every person probably in New York has experienced that. Right. You know? Well, yeah. yeah. But there's an added je ne sais quoi when you've already worked for six hours. Six you know? hours, right. It's even longer because you've set up for an hour, broke down. It's sometimes yeah. like eight hours. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. It's great. Without a meal. <laughs> Without a meal. Well, the further you get away from the city, the more likely you are to get fed. <laughs> uh, it's so true. Sad but true. <laughs> so my hurricane story is uh, it was in the summer it was a party in Vermont in Stratton, one of those ski resorts. And we did a gig the night before. We did a rock gig. And you could feel it coming in. And this is the thing with any outdoor thing. There's so many variables. This particular night was the night some swarm of insects decided to wake up and live, right? And <laughs> I have another story about that, too. But they were just all over. And uh, two days later, I turned my keyboard over and they all, they all dead fell, ones out. fell out. Yeah, right. Yeah. But anyway, we get on the road. I'm in one car and the three of them are in my brother's van. 
They take the inland road. They're taking the New York State Thruway. But from where I was, I was coming up along the coast. And that's where an arm of the hurricane wrapped around. So I headed north, and then I was heading east. And I'm heading east on 684. Everyone else in the world is heading west, right? The sky looks like a science fiction movie. It's like green and gray and black. It's frightening. It's really frightening. And and my only option was to keep driving, and then the rain started. So, like, somebody's pouring buckets of water on my car, and I'm freaking out, and I'm white, and then it lets up, and I go, oh, it let up. And then, like, two seconds later, you know, again. And I got, like, 80 miles to go on this road before I can start heading north. Oh, God. And everyone's going the other way, like rats deserting a sinking ship. <laughs> and I start to hydroplane, you know, because there's a lot of water on the road. Then I get to New Haven, and there's all this this whole superhighway situation. Then I head north, and it's still doing it. So I get to Massachusetts, and I'm off the highway, and I'm going up some dirt road, like, at a really steep angle. <laughs> and I get a phone call. Some guy wants to know if I want to do a gig on Long Island like that night. <laughs> and I'm like, are you out of your mind? There's a hurricane. I'll be right there. <laughs> There's a hurricane in progress. So I get to the place, and uh, it's just raining up there. But it turns out there's a separate building where we're going to play, and we were supposed to pull in on the ground level and bring our stuff upstairs in an elevator. But the ground level got uh, flooded, like, mudded in, like oh, this my whole God. bunch of mud ended up there. So then we had to carry all our gear up the front two flights. And then this was the um, hurricane that Vermont got flooded out. I don't know if you remember, but like nobody could get out of Vermont the next day. So the band leader, who we're going to call... Uh, yeah, who are you going to call? Bruce Flounders, we're going to call. <laughs> Bruce Flounders, okay. Spruce Flounders. <laughs> Spruce Flounders, that's good. He's, they paid for the room the night before. Right. But the night after, he goes, well, if you want to stay, you can rent a room. Nice of him. All the roads are flooded. It's pitch dark. You know. It's not his problem. And not his problem anymore. Gig's over. Well, he'd lose all his income if he paid for rooms yeah, for everybody. Right. Right? So we all had to pay for our own rooms. We get on the road, and, you know, all the local roads in Vermont where we are are just completely flooded. And uh, it was before GPSs, so... I'm in one car, and the boys are in the other one. We pull over. We call my husband, who's got the big command center in the house, and he's looking at all the maps because we did have cell phones. We just didn't have GPS yet. So he told us how to go. We went 100 miles out of our way to get home because the New York State Thruway was closed. So all the other people in the band that took the Thruway, it took them 12 hours to get home. Wow. That's an incredible story. That reminds me of... um there was a gig that you were supposed to do for, for uh, <laughs> Slow Shafatsberg. <laughs> well, he did nothing wrong. It wasn't no. that small. It's just fun yeah. to make up names. And I do know which one you're going to tell, but go yeah. right ahead. It was when de Blasio was still the mayor, and he couldn't decide whether to send the the plows out that night or something. Oh, is that what happened? That's what happened. Um, that's why it was so horrible. I mean, I was coming back from West Nyack, a 45-minute ride. Right. I get on the Deegan. It's, like, completely stopped. I mean, right. I was on the Deegan for four hours, and then I I had a pee. That's what happens. Well, I wrote a song about it after. It's called <laughs> Major Deegan E-X-P-E-E. <laughs> Which maybe I should have, like, as my credit of the I week. I think so. We, absolutely. But it's really, it was, like, really the story. But 
So I get off the highway thinking, oh, I'll just get back on. I had to wait another four hours on whatever highway. I took a different highway. It was right. Henry Hudson or anyway. And then I ended up switching highways. It took me 12 hours. Oh, my God. And did the GPS have any helpful information? No, because what happened was being that they didn't plow, all these trucks were like stopped on the right. Deegan. Right. And the ones that had to go around that could move in cars or trucks could only get off on, I think, on the Sheridan. Right. Which trucks are allowed. Yeah. So once you pass that place, mm. it's like getting off and trying another highway. It all led to the same problem. Right. Yeah. And then once you pass that cars moved fast but when I was in the street I was just so worried about getting stuck like in the gas station because if I stop and then I was on Riverside Drive it's narrow and then there's cars and then it's it's like on an incline I was in my Prius at the time which has is terrible in the snow there's oh, no right. traction yeah because yeah. it's like a golf cart you know? <laughs> I mean it is they're great on yeah. gas and um yeah. I said, oh, my God, I'm going to slide into the parked cars and, you know, right. just going real slow. And really, you're terrified the whole time. But anyway, I got home at 3.30 in the morning. This nice woman, Elizabeth Lehman, was on the phone with me, you know, keeping me company. And then the song was about having to pee and what's a girl supposed to do? Pull down my pants or go in my shoe. That's one of the lines of the oh, song. Oh, that's great. <laughs> go in my shoe. Very nice. But I was thinking I could have just wrapped myself with like a sheet. Because everyone was stopped. Yep. And oh, was, oh, you mean in pee inside? And just pee on, on the um, the shoulder. Right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> because they they do make things for women, but who would ever think you oh, what, need like it? Oh, like rubber pants. Oh, you mean things you can pee in? Yeah. You know, because right. men, you know, like So drunks, they have like a funnel opening that you can... <laughs> I guess it's like it's like the dental dam thing for oral sex. You know, it's just not quite yeah, yeah. efficient as you want it to be. And then you drip a little, and then it's yeah. in your car, and then it's yeah. like that. I kind of have the same story. It was the first Friday of a December, and the gig was a solo gig in a restaurant on 2nd Avenue and 50th in Manhattan. So it's 10 miles from my house, maybe 12, right? It right. took me five and a half hours, and this is why. So it was a blizzard, and I'm driving down Queens Boulevard toward the 59th Street Bridge, which is clearly the way to go, because audience, if you don't come from New York, rule one, avoid the Midtown Tunnel, in all cases, in all cases. Three o'clock in the morning, avoid the Midtown Tunnel. <laughs> this is Seinfeld about, oh, no, the Van Wick, nobody ever beats the nobody Van Wick. Nobody ever beats the Van Well, nobody ever beats, well, actually, I have beat the Midtown Tunnel occasionally, but I was blessed by God. But anyway, so I'm coming down. Queens Boulevard, and I'm approaching the Midtown Tunnel, and I hear on the radio that they've closed the 59th Street Bridge because it's iced over. Oh, God. So now I have no choice but to go to the Midtown and Tunnel. And everyone else along with everyone you. Everyone else along with me. And coming the other way is this woman <laughs> in a red Bronco, which is a very beefy, you know, four-wheel drive, but she has no idea how to drive it, and she's deciding she's going to turn around. And she gets herself sideways across the road, and nobody's moving because she's stuck sideways across the road. And I Just to make it worse. <laughs> call my husband, and I am like, poor my husband, because I'm screaming every They obscenity. can't help you, right? No, but I just needed to vent. I'm no, pounding know, on the steering wheel. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> okay, well, uh, <laughs> you know. Finally, like 20 minutes it took her to figure her shit out, well, right? At least, at least she finally moved. Then I go through the Midtown Tunnel. It took me two and a half hours to go from 34th and 2nd to 50th and 1st. 34th and 1st to 50th. And f Each block took like 15 minutes, and I had the same problem. I had a piece so bad <laughs> by then, and I had the same thought. 
I can just get out of the car because we're not moving for right. like five, Wrap ten minutes. Wrap yourself in something. Screw that. Just squat oh, you down just, and piss. Hey, you everybody, know? here's my ass. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? I was so desperate. And then finally, I got to 2nd Avenue and 49th Street, and it was a garage. So I parked my car in the garage. I put all my stuff in my hand truck, and I dragged my stuff down the street and across the street and up the street to get to the restaurant. I get to the restaurant. I'm two hours late already. Maybe there were half the people there that would have been there. Because they couldn't get there. Right. Same there's reason. a piano. They had I, a pee, too. Yeah, there's an acoustic piano, but I still had to bring my sure. know, mic and all that. I'm setting up, and the president of the company comes up to me, and he says thusly, he goes, Wow, you're really a trooper. Your boss should give you a tip for this. <laughs> your boss. Your boss. I'm not, because you were two hours late, even though it's not your fault. It's not my problem. Your boss should give you a tip, though. <sighs> Way to go, kid, you know. And I just looked at him. You know, mm-hmm. I was so like, with seriously, dude? You know, seriously? With daggers. Yeah, but. Whenever sometimes they thank you too much, you know, that means they're I'm not, not getting tip a tip. They're yeah. thanking me too much. <laughs> but true. the kicker is, a year later, I played the party again. And by this time, this guy had retired. He was no longer the president. And he gave me a $50 tip. All right. Because he probably realized what a dick he was being. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me about that CC thing you were talking about. Oh, that. When yeah. Is... This is just like a side Good. subject. But it's it's kind of a funny story. It's um, a titillating uh, phrase. Well, we love the titillating. <laughs> don't we? Yeah, we do. <laughs> Um, I once was hired through one of the offices to do an after party at a wedding. So they had the band at the wedding, and then they had an all-girl band for the last hour. Oh, and you were part of that. I was part of that, and they had us wear stockings, high heels, tails, and fishnets. Right. You know. Were you wearing hot pants or something? No. Leotard, stockings. It was really, Wow. And, And one of the girls had never... I mean, none of us had ever done that. So were you wearing the tails with set like up to the waist in the, the front? Tails are behind you, covering but your only butt. up to the waist in the front. Right, and so then your whole legs, ding, wing, and your leotard showing, right? You know, and fishnets and oh high heels. Oh my god, it's like very bunnyish, you know. Yeah. And uh, one girl didn't realize she didn't think about it because they used to sell those nylons. They don't, I don't think anymore. They look like bicycle shorts. Right. So she's wearing like right. these long stockings, you know, uh, for this outfit. It uh, looks kind of funny. Oh God. <laughs> but um, basically, out there with our crotches hanging yeah, out. Yeah, pretty and, much. And they didn't pay us anymore to do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had to like, dress a certain way. We had to be cute. And I went back into the band leader. I said, I want crotch compensation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I'm going to do this, and luckily we didn't have to do it again. I guess it didn't take off. I don't, I don't good. know. I mean, it wow. was a good band. It was good was people that in, in the, the band. Was that in the 80s? It was in the 80s. Yeah, when you could get away with that stuff. I don't think you could get away with that stuff now. Oh, I don't know if somebody wanted it, I guess. But the, uh, you would want to be, like, compensated right. for yeah. wearing for, uh, that kind of... For your kinda, crotch hanging out. Well, something, you know. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. feel like a hooker, but... <laughs> But if, you but, pay hey. me, but if you pay me, I might want to. <laughs> Why? Because we're gig hoes. Gig hoes. See, people, that's what we're talking about. We had a double one day, and the first half of it was at Leonard's. Now, for those of you who don't live in New York, I just want to talk about catering halls. With a name like Leonard's. Yeah. It's like Smucker's. Well, it's it like the good. Huntington Clown House. <laughs> you know, these big catering halls, mostly marble and glass, with like... Five, six, seven rooms with parties going on in every room. And if you stand in the right place, you could hear 
all the music from all the parties at the same time. Well, they have the room divider, right? Yeah. And there's a band on each side of right. the wall. It's yeah. ridiculous. So, yeah, it's just really nuts. So. But Leonard's is on Lakeville Road on a hill. And if you look out the main window of Leonard's, you could see this pretty steep hill. So the band is standing there on a break, and it's an ice storm. And the road is completely an ice slick. And we are standing there watching the cars just slide down the hill, slide into each other. Yeah, just like we're watching because we have a gig in Brooklyn when this one is over. So you'll be in it soon. That's right. It's like, oh, no. (laughs) So my brother and I were driving together. We get on the road, and everyone's driving literally at one mile an hour. It took us 45 minutes to go a quarter of a mile. And then Larry turned to me. He said, you know, we'll get to the gig faster if we just take out our hand trucks and scoot to Brooklyn. (laughs) Yeah, like people can't cancel it because they paid for it. The food is made. Yeah. Same thing. We got there. There was maybe 30% of the people showed up, but, you know, because the show must go on. So um, I once booked a wedding in Connecticut. It was a 12-piece band. And I was really proud that I booked it and I put the band together. And then... They had a terrible storm the night before, and they put the tent on the bottom of a hill, so all the water... <gasps> brilliant, you know, brilliant idea. So they were, like, mopping the dance floor all, all night long, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and it was chaos. All night long. It was just chaos, and nobody was happy about it. So there's two kind of tent parties, audience. There's the kind where it's a, a venue, and they have a field or an outdoor space, and they put up a tent there. Or maybe it's an estate and they have a big tent there. And that's one kind of a tent. But then there's the other kind of tent party where it's somebody's house (laughs) and they put up a tent. And And you can imagine. (laughs) Yeah, that tent is nowhere near as professional or sturdy. Because they're just dealing with whatever land they have. They have, which often is on a slope. Or it's bumpy. I set up in geese shit a couple of weeks ago. I was playing a yacht club by the water, and I oh, just yeah. cleaned my area, so wow. I wasn't standing in it, and my, my stool wasn't going into May it. May I ask you know? how you cleaned your area? I put a plastic glove on my hands. Oh, like dog poo. Yeah, because it was just like all over. Yeah, well, there are certain places that the geese just have taken over, like Ohika Castle, right? There's just goose poo all over the field oh. there. Anyway, back to my house party with the tent. So they had an, they had two tents. They had one tent down the hill, which was for the guests to eat. And then up the hill, we were on the back patio of the house, and that's where the dance floor was. And they had an awning over that. But there was about a six-inch gap between the awning and the back of the house. And, of course, that's where the electricity was, right? So we were plugged into this wall that had no awning over it. And also, it was 95 degrees, and also, it was 100% humidity. And all the guests are in formal wear, and they're all sweating their brains out. And Cy Kogan says to me, because this was the days when it was before DJ, so we all, by then I was doing leads, but we all took the players we were handed. So the drummer, he says to me, uh, be kind to the drummer. He just got out of the, the loony bin. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, great. <laughs> Just keep time. Yeah. I want to kill myself. No, it was the other way around. The guy was so gnarly and nasty. He was so mean. Oh, he was like a dry drunk full of yeah. himself. Yeah, <laughs> And I'm trying to be nice to him, and he's just being so mean and abusive. And, wow. Oh, God, it was brutal. So, of course, it starts to rain. Of course. 
course. And it's raining right on where the plug is plugged into the wall. Oh, and there's goody. there's no sidewalls. It's just the awning. And I, <laughs> so as soon as it started raining, I, I screamed, pull the plug, pull the plug, right? We pull the plug. And then I'm screaming literally, circle the wagon, circle the wagon. And we <laughs> took all the gear and we just shoved it into the middle of the dance floor. And even that, it was getting wet anyway. And all the guests are down the hill and the water levels are rising down there. It's just Yeah, sometimes, I mean, sometimes people want to be paid back if it rains on their equipment. And I mean, I've lost a computer to lightning strike. I've talked about yeah, that. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know what the appropriate thing is because is it an act of God? Is it the club's fault because they told you to play outside or the right. client's fault? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I played two parties that were like weird weather-wise. I played one that mm-hmm. was on their front lawn. Uh-huh. It wasn't even in their backyard. And it was like in April and we try, you know, I'm trying to play piano with gloves on, which yeah. is impossible it's, I know. you know if you have a hangnail it's an intrusion <laughs> but like a glove even if you cut the tips off it's still not good because you're still feeling that oh yeah thing. i know it I, know? I wore those madonna gloves on more than one occasion yeah and um another party we did when it was in the winter time they had like a christmas party and uh-huh. they did it outdoors in their brilliant backyard. idea brilliant idea there's like snow along the edge of the tent uh-huh. And they have a propane heater, you know. But, but, like, no guests are out there because it's right. too cold. But was the, often, for me, the propane heater is for the guests, not well, for this us. This was for the tent. So it was for oh, anyone the in tent. the tent. Right. But it was nobody was in the tent. It was right. just us. Sure. And then the corollary of that is in the summer at high noon, and it's blazing in the sun. And you're playing outside for the cocktail hour, but they're all inside in the air, the air conditioning. conditioning. Yeah, yes. that happens, too. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't remember it always being hot, but like I know just as a side point, I have my air conditioner on all summer now in huh. my bedroom. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's a climate right. issue. It's like I don't remember it being that way. And yeah, any tent gig, even if you have fans, you just never know. <laughs> you're sweating. You're moving equipment, so you're sweating. Yeah. So speaking of schwitzing on a gig, I can think of two, two schwitzing on a gig. <laughs> schwitzing? And sweating and sweating and, and schwitzing. <laughs> One was at uh, Belmont Park for the running of the Belmont Stakes. And, you know, around oh, the... Oh, right. You do that all the time, right? Well, I used to. He lost the gig. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He lost his license or something. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. So they have all these VIP tents around the actual track. But it was, again, another day when it was a zillion degrees, and they had one anemic air conditioner on the other side of the tent. So I'm such an idiot. After that time, when I did in subsequent years, he would give me a parking pass or park in the lot. But I didn't have one that year. And the option, a quarter of a mile away, there was a lot for the regular people. So so I get to the, the clubhouse, and I have to stop there anyway to unload my gear into the tent. And this guard says to me, oh, yeah, you can park right here. You can park right here. Yeah. And then on my first break, someone comes in and he goes, you know, they're towing your car. <laughs> oh, my so, God. Yeah, and I had a gig that night. And at the end of the gig, I, I had to get some workman in his truck to drive me to the field they had towed my car to, which was like half a mile away. So they just move it because it's in the way, in, Yeah, you think. Not because, like, they were trying to get money out no, of it. No, not at all. Oh. No, it's just, yeah. It's not it, like Manhattan. It didn't belong there. Yeah, right. I, was, I was on the grounds. Yeah. Right. But I still... And then we're like, he's driving me up and down these rows of cars trying to find my car because, like, there was no, it took like 20 minutes to find my car. So that was great. Oh, yeah. There's nothing worse than looking for your car and thinking someone stole it first. That heart attack feeling, yeah. right? When you run out and it's not where you it's not there. left it. Yeah. There's this place um, in Queens, Long Island City, where I did a wedding a couple of years ago. 
and they have a loading dock, but it's like the sidewalk and then the loading dock, which is high, and I backed my car up to it. Uh huh. But I'm parked on the sidewalk, right. but it's the loading dock. Right. But some guy knows every time somebody plays uh-huh. there, he gives them a ticket. I right. went, I was so pissed, I went in to fight it. Of course he did. <laughs> And at first, like, the judge remembers me. Oh, he used to play at Queensboro. I have to recuse myself. It's a fucking parking <laughs> ticket. And then I got some other woman. Oh, no, you can't park on the side. I said, but then I had all the pictures. It was a loading dock. I was loading. I was right. only there for 10 minutes. Yeah. No. Blah, blah, blah. Wow. Yeah. So. Boy. Parking. Parking is uh. one of the hardest things we do, e- even when it's not in Manhattan. But oh, Manhattan but Manhattan is, is the worst. Oh, my God. That place, Oph- Ophelia's, was on, like, 34th and 3rd. So it's like a bus lane. You can't even oh, stop yeah. for a second. Oh. oh, what about, yeah, I had a gig at this bakery slash restaurant on Lafayette Street in the village. And they had put in now, you know, they have all those bike lanes all over the place. Oh, so yeah. You can't they, even. You, you can't even pull over. You can't even double park in front of the place because now they got the bike lane there. Sullivan Street is like that. I played Housing Works. It's a cobblestone street and there's only one single car can fit. There's no double parking. Right. And. Yeah, okay. it's insane. <laughs> that is going to lead me into the big, the big long story. Okay. So it's at a place called the Downtown Association. It's way down in the financial district, right? Which, audience, if you've never been to Manhattan, the financial district is like the first area that was settled in New York, and some of the streets are even still cobblestone, and they're very narrow and windy. Yeah, and they don't make sense. They're not like straight. It's not a grid. Yeah, yeah. it's like a labyrinth. So... And it's February, and it's freezing, and of course, I'm the first one to get there because I start two hours before the rest of the band, as usual. So the first thing I do is make a mistake and go over the Brooklyn Bridge, right? Oh, That's shit. the first thing I do. And At I least did... it was free, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I did have a cell phone, so I called my brother and said, don't do that. Because <laughs> the exit was right yeah, it's before right the there. Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah. very confusing. So it's on William Street, one of those streets, but it's like that same thing. It's a one-way, one-lane cobblestone street it's insane and so i find the building which has like 15 marble stairs going up to it of course yeah but i literally have to pull onto the sidewalk or else if anyone comes up behind me they're not going to be able to go right tiny little street so i I go in there beautiful in there you know all marble and so you're on the sidewalk what happens blinkers on well i go into the place she goes oh you can't bring your stuff in this way you gotta go around the corner to the service center. And who didn't? Who was supposed to tell you that? Actually, whose job was it? Do you well, know? it would have been the leader. He didn't. He didn't. Yeah. So all right. So He's I, supposed to know. So I pull around to the street. I'm supposed to load in. Was at. the stuff out of your car? No, already? no, oh, I still that was good. Yeah. Well, wait. We've done that too. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's terrible. If you Put take it, it back out. in your car. But that's kind of what happened here because I get halfway up the street and I can't go any further because they're doing work. Con Ed is doing work and they got it blocked off, right? So I leave my car with the blinkers on, and I walk up to the guy, and I find the entrance, which is, of course, what it is. It's concrete, and it's steel bars, and it's three concrete steps going down, and then you open the doors, and you're in this deserted area where there's a lot of garbage. Garbage and chairs and tables, maybe? And that's Yeah, and that's yeah. how you know. <laughs> this is where, where they want me to go. Right. So what I had to do is I had to put all my stuff on the hand truck, drag it down the street, and then... Take it off the hand truck, bring it down the stairs, yes, put it back on the hand truck. Been there, done that. <laughs> yeah, right. And hope my car it doesn't get ticketed while I'm doing that. And leave it in this deserted area where there's a lot of garbage but no people. So I do that. I park the car. I get back. 
And it was easy to park the car at least. It's financial district on a Saturday night in February. Okay. And by the time I get there, there's some guy in a green blazer with a little something on his pocket with a walkie-talkie. So at least that. And he goes, all right. And, and you know, I was playing the ceremony, the cocktail hour, and the reception. And they're all on different floors. And of all of them, I got to take the service elevator. Of course. So first stop, main, you know, the main thing, second floor, just to put most of my gear there. And the, the elevator and the entrance to the elevator, like I said, there's tables and chairs and cartons in the elevator and in front of the elevator. You got to wade your way through that. You get on the elevator. Okay. So second stop. The ceremony, right? Third floor. All right. Get back. Wade my way through all the garbage. Get Okay, get there. I had a stand for my keyboard, my little keyboard, which is what I use for the front of the gigs. I had one of those um, tray stands that the waiters use. And it's like an X. It opens up to an X, right? But the screw had come loose so that it was open but on this weird angle. So, like, in order to make it work, I had my knee up in the air here holding it up so that it would be level. I wish you could see me, audience. I'm kind of doing a plie or something here. But anyway, <laughs> and in comes the sax player. Oh, you know, because he took the subway. He's like, oh, you know, your stand's broke. And I'm like, gee, thanks. Thanks, you know, thanks. thanks for that. <laughs> yeah. So I played this ceremony, and now i got to go down to the lower level because the cocktail hour is in the library. So I get in the elevator, and I go to that level, and the elevator door is open, and I'm staring at black and white linoleum. And the floor is black and white linoleum, and the walls are black and white linoleum. And I turn to the left, and I'm in the men's room. I'm in the men's room. Luckily, there were no men in the men's room, but I'm still <laughs> in the men's room. There could be men in the men's room soon, right? They, they tend to show up. <laughs> they do. And I'm panicking, right? And I'm stabbing. I'm stabbing. Get me know. out of here. Yeah, yeah. So finally, the elevator comes because it had left, but the florist is there, and the whole elevator is full of flats of flowers on the floor. And I'm like, get me out of here. Get me. He goes, well, I'll come back for you. And I'm like, oh, God. So I'm just staring very studiously at the back wall and hoping. And I was lucky. It was the beginning of the night, so there were no uh, no men. That reminds me when you sing about the, the men's room. That reminds me of um, the time that I won't mention where, but I do a gig sometimes on New Year's Eve where they comp me a room because it's so incredibly hard to get in and out of the city. Right. But sometimes you get like a, a decent room, and it's, and at this time they didn't give me if it was like an employee room or something. It only <laughs> had like a toilet in it, no shower. <laughs> so like they had like a mass shower room in the hallway. Oh, no. That, you know, had a, like a lock on the door that didn't lock. Oh, my God. So and it's like I wake up in the morning. It's just like prison showers, right? Well, and it's like men and, you know, it's mostly men uh, that are sleeping there. So I, I, I run in. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it real fast if somebody walks in. Wow. I mean, there was a curtain, yeah. but still, I mean, know. you're getting naked in, a, in an open door room, you know? Yes, it's like, sure. Well, that's like at the Y, you know, they'll go. It's like at the you're Y. In, right, yeah, you're in the shadow. Man coming through, man coming through. <laughs> we all run, you know, like cockroaches in the light. Right, but at least there's men and women locker rooms there. At right. Least, you know, I so, didn't know who was there. So, so back to the downtown association. Oh, we're back, yes. Well, and I figured, I figured... It's such an old building that at, in those days when they built it, women were probably never in the building. Yeah, good right. point. Men worked there. and So I get the flower guy to guide me through the, <laughs> through the men's room safely. And I get to the library. I set up there. But I still have the stand that's not working right. 
And by now, the rest of the band has come, and audience. It's a particular torture for me as a keyboard player, because we're always playing the cocktail hour, and by now we're hungry. I'm hungry. I'm always always hungry. But (laughs) I'm hungry, you know, I had to get ready for the gig and go to the gig and have a ready to working. It makes sense. There's a lot of hours. Yeah, I'm hungry. But I can't eat because I'm playing. But the rest of the band shows up, and they've set up upstairs, and they have plenty of time. So they're grazing in the cocktail hour. You know, they're eating like at the cows. They're grazing. <laughs> and I just have to watch them grazing. And my brother, though, is good. You know, he comes in and he sticks a little ta- uh, plate down under no, your foot. No, no. He pops like the, the pig in a blanket in my mouth while I'm playing. Wow. Because you know, I can't. I'm playing. I would, I would never want to do that when I was playing. I'm totally playing. I'm <laughs> But yeah. anyway, he comes in and he goes, oh, your stand is broken. And I'm like, no shit. Everybody you know? informs yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. He goes, I can fix that, right? And he goes to the bar and he gets some toothpicks, right? Yeah, that's helpful. Now, you know me. I stand when I play. I don't sit. I stand when I'm standing and I'm playing. And he kneels down. He gets on his knees with toothpicks. And he's jamming them in the hole where the screw was. I'm getting moist. Well, but right at crotch level. He's he's kneeling in front of me. So it looks like he's doing, giving you head? Well, it looks like he's sticking he's fingering something you. in it. Yeah, it looks like he's fingering me. Like he's like, ee, 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 ee. And all the people around me are laughing because it's pretty obvious what's happening. And I'm like, Larry, get up. Larry, get up. Larry, get up. And he's like, what? 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 And he's still boing, 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 right? Oh, Larry. So, <laughs> so finally, I said, get up. Just hold my keyboard, right? So he literally, there was a big club chair next to me. So I'm playing Girl from Ipanema, literally. And I said, pick up the keyboard, move me over there, right? So I'm, I never stopped playing. He just, I'm, <laughs> I'm playing and we're, we're shifting, shifting, shifting. And I drop into the club chair and I stick it o- over the arms over of the, the arms. club chair. That's your stand, I'm yeah. Playing. I played with my keyboard on my lap when they used to have the tiny keyboards. I have a photo of it, too. The little Casios. Yeah. Yeah, those are great. And I'm like, I'm not smiling. I'm like, I'm I'm saying to the world, can you believe I'm doing this? (laughs) For a long time, this, I can't remember his last name, but this guy named Barry, that's how he played the gigs. He had two of those tiny Casios. I know, I Audience, know who that they is. Audience, like the length from your forearm Did he to live, like, in Pennsylvania? Or? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know who that is. That he, was when I first saw the Casio CSO one. Right. The bass, which yeah. is so great. It's, like, maybe two feet long, right? Yeah. 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 So yeah. It's and, like and, a stick of gum. And but. honestly, the sounds are like... It's, it was very analog and signy and square sounding. It's, right. So whatever yeah. you play, it still sounds like... It had breath control or two, remember? Oh, yeah, one did. Yeah, I never used it. But then I started using it for a while, and Cy hated them. He just hated it. And Larry's going, but it's great sign. He's going, you know. Anyway, the final denouement, the final insult is, so I finish the cocktail hour, and I go upstairs on the regular elevator. I'm not going back into the men's room again. Well, that's the good thing. Once you've already done the gig, what can they do to you? You know, right. you're leaving. No, no, I wasn't leaving. I was just going to do the reception. This oh, is all. Oh, 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 oh. The yeah. reception hadn't even started. Right, right. I understand. Yeah. I get to the main room, and as I walk in, I hear this. The sun will come out tomorrow. Who was that? That was the eight-year-old niece of the bride. That and uh, Fall Fall Tanders was uh, the band leader for that one. I'll tell you later. Yeah. Um, he's running her through it, and I'm just trying to get set up, bringing my gear up. I'm already exhausted from all this, right? He goes, oh, good, the keyboard player's here. You can rehearse. So I got to rehearse with this little girl who's tonally challenged, who shall sucks. we say. Yeah, who sucks. She sucks. <laughs> in, in an eight-year-old way. Ah. And then the gig started. 
And then there was whatever that entailed. Yeah, and just to say, audience, that's the thing. By the time the main event occurs... We moved our equipment three times. We're exhausted often. Well, I started seeing a chiropractor from the equipment going in the car because the equipment was heavier then, and we were moving it three times. I mean, my Wurlitzer was like... I used right. to, I think I brought a Wurlitzer. Oh, did you have a red gigs. Wurlitzer? The red I had ones? a red Wurlitzer. Oh, see, I, I would love that. I wish I still had it. Oh, yeah. It's probably <laughs> worth it. I, would, I love red equipment. My amp is red. Well, I, I had to go to a gig and the, when they had the tornadoes in New York, and the gig was near the airport, and I figured, oh, I'll take Queens Boulevard. But oh, Queens no. Boulevard was all backed up. And then you could go into the side streets, and on every street there was a tree down do you remember? Oh, like, I totally like remember that. Was that ago. the microburst? Yeah. It was in the evening. Uh, I just remember, and it, it should have been like a 10-minute ride. It took two hours. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I do, because all over Forest Hills, they the had trees. trees yeah. And when I went to Forest Park. old trees in Queens. In Forest Park, they had a, a pine grove. Uh-huh. I swear it was like the hand of God just came and, like, smushed them all over. There was a whole line of them just fallen. Wow. That, that must have been sad for you. <laughs> oh, it was killing me. This is just a side thing. Willa is a tree hugger in the best sense of oh, the word. She you, respects trees. Because trees keep us alive. And Yes, we can't blah, breathe blah, with, blah. we literally <laughs> cannot breathe without them. All right, so we'll, I'll make this the last story. But this is back to the schwitzing. Schwitzing. And <laughs> sweating. And schwitzing. And smelling so bad. I can't wait to get home. Exactly. <laughs> so we did this gig at a little joint called the Villa Bianca on Northern Boulevard, 960th Street. I know exactly where that is. Right. I've never worked there, though. Yeah, I did. And the guy who was leading the band that day, who's the same guy that rolled over the the flaming guest. Oh. uh, He brought mushrooms with him, and we all did mushrooms. (laughs) God, I could never do that on a gig. It would last forever, the gig. Uh, and the thing with mushrooms is, what happens is they make you laugh uncontrollably, right? <laughs> laugh so much that you're like spitting up <laughs> phlegm because it's doing something to your lungs. I don't know. We were young and idiotic. So we're doing the mushrooms. The gig is going on. It's August. And we're in a room with no windows. And the air conditioning goes out. <laughs> and so everyone's sweating their brains out, including us. But we're just laughing, right? <laughs> and the rest of the party is not laughing. We're laughing. And uh, amazingly, we performed. But finally, when it was over and I got home, like I said, I turned the air conditioner on full blast. I ripped off all my clothes, and I just stood in front of it for like a half hour. It's brutal out there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're just dealing with everything, and you're there, and sometimes you're not even allowed in the house if you're, like, doing an outdoor party. You, know, you can't right. use, like, the real bathroom. Yeah, they have the porta potties Yeah. They have that little, like, trailer. Those are okay. You yeah, know? it's like the glam porta potty Yeah. Yeah, it has a mirror and a sink. It's like an airplane toilet, you know. But it's still... Where does it go? Who knows? It still has, <laughs> yeah. It still has the same stank, though. Yeah, it's never good. I think it was Dave Chappelle. He said, you know how they put these plug-in air fresheners in the bathroom? So then what do you got? You got flowers and poo. Lemon-scented ass. (laughs) That's That's what it smells like. That's better. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. So what was that song you wrote? Oh, it's called the Major Deegan EX Expressway P-E-E. Do you have a recording of it? Oh, yeah. Okay, can we make that our... Yeah, we could do that. Ready? Yeah, let's, yeah, see if we let's can do, do that. Okay. 
credit of the week. Ooh, harmony. <laughs> We're getting fancy. Okay. So what do you have to say about it other than what you've already well, said? Well, it was, it was a terrifying experience being in the car that long. I mean, I'll just give you like a little snippet of the lyric. Uh, Yesterday I was in my car. I didn't think I was going far. <laughs> just <laughs> driving home on the Major Diggity XP. And then you'll Amen. have to listen to the rest. Good. <laughs> All right. We're going to put that up for you. And it'll be on SoundCloud like everything else. Yeah, like everything else. Yeah. So this week I'm playing a street fair. I'm playing a, a wound care center tomorrow. <laughs> street fair, wound care. We don't care. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go anywhere and just good. pay us. That's fair. I hope I don't have to sew anybody up. Oh, on God. That. Well, you know, I do dialysis. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, well, this has been fun. Yeah, it has been. May your, may your gigs be plentiful, Marla Jo. I hope you uh, always have your cell phone strong and GPS <laughs> and whatever else you need. I hope there's a guy in the corner saying, make a left over there. <laughs> Somebody to help you get out, you know. All right. So until then, we are the, the Gig Hugs. <laughs> Yesterday, I got in my car. I didn't think I was going far. Just driving home on the major Tiggany XP. podcast is produced and recorded by Marla Joe and Lilla Basson, also known as The Gig Hose. Thanks to Doodle for opening voiceover. <laughs> <laughs>